Losing weight is hard, but keeping it off can be even harder. I've heard time and time again from women who have lost the same 20 or 30 pounds multiple times in their lives. Why is it so hard to keep the weight off? Why on earth does it seem to take forever to lose weight, but then it can come back on so fast? There are several reasons for weight regain, and today I'm focusing on a major player, a hormone called ghrelin, also known as your hunger hormone. Have you ever lost weight and struggled with your appetite? Like you were constantly hungry or your hunger increased after losing weight, making you feel like you're swimming against the current to stick to your plan? Have you ever tried intermittent fasting but felt like you had uncontrollable hunger and weren't able to fast for as long as you would have liked? Knowing how ghrelin works and using the three tips I'm going to share with you today will help you with your fasting efforts and arm you with vital information to keep the weight off. Ghrelin's primary role is to stimulate your appetite, slow your metabolism, and increase your fat storage. Not surprisingly, ghrelin levels rise after a period of dieting, specifically with chronic calorie restriction. Said differently, your hunger hormone goes up after you lose weight to stimulate your appetite and try to make you regain weight. It's not fair, is it? Ghrelin is just one of the many reasons why eat less, exercise more doesn't work for lasting weight loss. In this episode, you'll learn three tips to lose weight in a way that helps reduce ghrelin levels so you're less hungry and you're less likely to regain the weight you worked so hard to lose and you can increase your fasting window. Be sure to watch all the way till the end for a couple special bonus pieces of information that you're not gonna wanna miss. I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist turned online weight loss coach and founder of the Weight Loss for Health online course, community, and coaching program. Not too long ago, I was treating geriatric patients with largely preventable conditions like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, falls, and dementia. Now I'm on a mission to help you lower your insulin resistance and inflammation to age well and prevent these diseases in the first place. I created the Reshape Your Health podcast to help you understand how your body actually works, how your hormones change with age, and how you can outsmart and outlast these hormonal changes for sustainable weight loss. If you're looking for a trusted resource and coach to help cut through the conflicting information online and get results faster, you're in the right place. And I don't just talk the talk, I walk the talk, and more importantly, I show and teach the talk daily on my Instagram account at Dr. Morgan Nolte. So be sure you follow me on there as well for daily tips and inspiration. Let's get started. Ghrelin is a hormone produced in your stomach. Ghrelin acts at the hypothalamus, an area of the brain that controls appetite and on reward processing centers of the brain. Think of ghrelin as your appetite stimulating, weight gaining hormone. When ghrelin levels go up, you'll sense more hunger and want to eat more food. Plus, ghrelin slows your metabolism down and causes more of the food you eat to be stored as fat. Ghrelin is more than just your hunger hormone and has effects on muscle, bone, heart, and even cancer. But for the purposes of this episode, I'm just reviewing its role in weight management. While there are at least 14 hormones that regulate appetite and satiety, ghrelin is a major player and worth understanding on a deeper level. Ghrelin is released in a pulsatile pattern, meaning that it rises and then it falls again. 
Some literature states that ghrelin rises before a meal and falls after you eat. However, new research is challenging that assumption and suggesting that ghrelin, like many other hormones, has its own circadian rhythm, often corresponding to a person's normal meal times. Chronic calorie restriction diets and sleep deprivation also lead to more ghrelin and, and an increased appetite. You may think that not eating for a while, like through intermittent fasting, would stimulate your appetite as well, but research is showing otherwise. My first tip for you to reduce your ghrelin is to use intermittent fasting, also known as time-restricted feeding. Take a look at this graph from a study that measured fasting ghrelin levels every 20 minutes for 24 hours. There are a couple of important things to note here. First, ghrelin levels are usually lowest around 9 a.m. in the morning. Recall that this is also generally the longest period of the day where you haven't eaten anything. This reinforces the fact that hunger is not directly related to how long you go without food. At 9 a.m., you have not eaten for about 14 hours, yet you are the least hungry. Eating does not necessarily make you less hungry. When I'm intermittently fasting, I'll notice very little hunger for the first 16 to 18 hours of fasting, but once I start eating for the day, I'm hungrier for the rest of the day. Often I'll tell women to skip breakfast to extend their fast, and they'll say, wait a minute, I thought breakfast was the most important meal of the day to boost my metabolism. And I won't get into specifics here, but I tell them that pretty much it's just basically good marketing from food companies telling you to eat breakfast. Very often they're relieved and tell me they were never really hungry for breakfast in the first place, but felt like they should eat because that's what everyone else does and that's what other weight loss programs taught them to do. Now you see from the research, hunger is indeed lowest in the morning after the initial peak before our normal breakfast time, which is possibly why breakfast is the easiest meal of the day to skip if you wanna start intermittent fasting. If you can just ignore the hunger first thing in the morning, chances are you'll make it easily to lunch before you notice the hunger again. Next, notice how there are three distinct peaks that correspond to our normal meal times. This indicates that there is a learned pattern to Grayland's release. If you're used to eating at eight, noon, and six, you'll likely get hungry about those times. And this can help you mentally prepare for hunger around your normal meal times when you're intermittently fasting and expect that hunger to pass relatively quickly. Another study showed that over three days of fasting, ghrelin gradually decreased. This means that patients were far less hungry despite not having eaten for the last three days. This study also shows a clear circadian rhythm to ghrelin and highlights the fact that hunger comes in waves. Notice in this graph, men are the white bar and women are the black bar. Research has shown that women have a higher amount of ghrelin, which may be why we tend to feel stronger food cravings compared to men. Rarely do I hear my husband say, I just need some chocolate right now. Both men and women had a significant decline in ghrelin, but the women showed a greater overall decline than men after this three-day fast. I often hear from women that they thought fasting would be so hard, but in fact, it's easier than they anticipated, especially if they follow my recommendation of priming with protein the day before a fast and if they stay distracted and well hydrated. 
I've been doing a 24 hour fast once a week for the last couple of months and hope to make this a regular part of my lifestyle. I was most surprised that my hunger didn't compound. I thought each hunger wave would get bigger and bigger throughout the day until I just couldn't take it anymore and succumb to the food. And these graphs reflect what I felt and what many of my clients feel. The ghrelin and hunger level gradually decreased over the day. A few other notes about the hormonal changes of fasting. Notice that cortisol does go up during fasting and that's because fasting is a hormonal stressor on your body. It's a good one, but still a stress. So I never do my 24 hour fast unless I'm well rested. It's gonna be harder due to increased ghrelin and cortisol levels. If you're not sleeping well, don't beat yourself up. If fasting seems hard for you, there are plenty of strategies to make it easier, but first and foremost, focus on improving your sleep. Insulin also goes down, which is great because it allows your body to tap into stored energy for fuel and helps reduce or reverse insulin resistance. One study showed that people who fasted for 24 hours once a month are about half as likely to be insulin resistant and develop diabetes as those who don't. Growth hormone goes up during fasting to help preserve your muscle when you're fasted. This is why intermittent fasting is one of the best weight loss strategies and when you pair it with proper nutrition, you're well on your way to losing weight, reducing belly fat, and lowering inflammation. My second tip for you to keep ghrelin low is to mind your macros. Different types of macronutrients will affect ghrelin differently. The food you put into your mouth impacts your hunger and your satiety after that meal. There are three types of macronutrients, carbohydrates, of those we have starch, fiber, and sugar, proteins, and fats. If you want a specific foods list, I recommend my ultimate food guide, and you can grab that at weightlossforhealth.com forward slash ultimate food guide for free. One study found that glucose, a type of carbohydrate, consistently caused a decrease in ghrelin levels. Protein had no effect on ghrelin and fat caused a significant decrease in ghrelin levels, but only in women. Now wait just a second because this is not a green light to go and eat a bunch of carbohydrates and expect to have less hunger. Cholecystokinin, CCK, and peptide YY are two hormones involved in short-term regulation of food intake and are also impacted by the type of food you eat. CCK and peptide YY are triggered by protein and dietary fat, but not starches and sugars. I like to say that this is why we always have room for dessert even after a big meal, because the simple carbohydrates and the cakes and the cookies don't trigger our satiety hormones. To eat in a way that will significantly reduce ghrelin or hunger and increase your satiety or fullness, it's important to include protein and healthy fat in your meal. If you just have a meal or snack that's primarily carbohydrates like cereal, oatmeal, or a granola bar, sometimes even just fruit, depending on the type, you're not gonna be triggering your satiety hormones and further, you're gonna cause a blood sugar spike, which inevitably leads to a drop and that drop in blood glucose will make you wanna eat again. Normally, after we eat, ghrelin levels go down so we aren't hungry anymore. But research has shown that people who are obese with insulin resistance, their ghrelin doesn't go down as much after someone with a healthy BMI and better insulin sensitivity. Now, certainly not all people with obesity eat an excess of food, and that's because that's not the only cause of weight gain. 
but many of them do report they struggle with appetite control and this suppressed reduction in ghrelin following a meal may be one of the reasons why. Interestingly, the study found this, phenom this phenomenon of suppressed reduction in ghrelin only occurred after a glucose load. In contrast, the presence of obesity did not alter ghrelin response to the lipid or protein loads. Remember there that ghrelin or hunger was significantly reduced after eating fat or lipids and was not affected after eating protein. I cannot emphasize the fact that all calories are not created equally enough. In previous episodes, I've talked about how different types of calories affect insulin differently. And this episode proves that they also affect your hunger and satiety differently. And it's common sense really. Think about how full you feel after eating 500 calories of chicken versus 500 calories of cake. It's so important to eat real whole foods and reduce your consumption of processed sugars and starches to reduce your insulin resistance. My third tip for you to reduce ghrelin is to get some quality sleep. It must be a priority. Sleep deprivation will result in higher levels of ghrelin. As you can see from this study, short sleep duration not only led to increased ghrelin or hunger hormone, but also contributed to reduced leptin or satiety hormone. When it comes to weight gain, sleep deprivation is at least a, a triple whammy. Sleep recharges your willpower battery. So not only will you have higher levels of ghrelin making you more hungry and reduced levels of leptin making you less full, you'll have reduced self-control and willpower making it more likely you'll overeat. Remember how I said if you hung around till the end, I'd share some bonus pieces, pieces of information with you? Well, we've made it to the bonus round. If you know me, you know I'm always asking questions like why and how. I like to know the physiology behind what I teach, so I want to briefly explain how ghrelin causes a rise in blood glucose and fat storage, ultimately contributing to insulin resistance. There are three types of adipose or fat tissue, white, beige, and brown. Brown adipose tissue is brown because it has more mitochondria in the cells. Mitochondria are the energy producing parts of the cell. Brown adipose tissue actually burns energy. Compared to adults, babies have higher amounts of brown adipose tissue, which is one of the reasons why my little Leah, who's nine months old, is always so snuggly and warm. She has more brown fat. White adipose tissue is the storage type of fat, and beige fat cells fall in the middle and act more as brown fat. They burn energy. Ghrelin will reduce the metabolic activity of brown fat essentially slowing your metabolism. Ghrelin has a two-pronged effect on white fat. Ghrelin will cause your body to make more white fat, a process known as adipogenesis, and reduce its breakdown or lipolysis. More fat than your body needs leads to more inflammation and insulin resistance. Ghrelin's effect on the pancreas serves to raise blood glucose levels. To do this, ghrelin reduces insulin secretion. I know this sounds counterproductive because increased insulin leads to weight gain, but remember this is a short-term reduction in insulin because it allows for a short-term rise in blood glucose. Insulin's job is to lower blood glucose, moving it from the bloodstream into the cell, but ghrelin wants to increase blood sugars, so at least in the short term it has to inhibit insulin. At the same time, ghrelin will cause an increase in glucagon from the pancreas. 
glucagon is the opposite of insulin. While insulin wants to lower blood glucose, glucagon wants to raise it. Glucagon signals the liver to create more glucose. What happens is that your blood, your blood glucose goes up and then your insulin will be released to bring it back down. Anything that stimulates an increase in blood glucose will ultimately increase blood insulin and lead to an increased risk of insulin resistance and a higher body set weight. So that's the physiology behind it. I covered a lot in this episode and wanted to be sure that you were clear with what the takeaways were, so I wanna recap the main points. First, ghrelin is also known as your hunger hormone. It increases after a typical chronic calorie restricted diet or when sleep deprived and makes you wanna regain the weight. Ghrelin is pulsatile in nature and seems to be released in conjunction with your normal meal times. Intermittent fasting helps lower ghrelin levels. Knowing that your hunger will increase around your normal meal times will help you be proactive and ensure that you're staying hydrated and distracted around those meal times so that you can ride that hunger wave until it passes and fast for longer. Remember that intermittent fasting isn't about eating less, it's about eating less often and food absolutely still matters. Eating a diet that's higher in healthy fat significantly helps lower ghrelin. Including plenty of protein in your diet will also help stimulate other satiety hormones including CCK and peptide YY. If you have obesity and insulin resistance, your ghrelin suppression is gonna be blunted after eating refined starches and sugars, meaning you can anticipate hunger again quickly after eating those kinds of foods. So set yourself up for success by avoiding or reducing processed carbohydrates. Sleep is crucial for weight loss and maintenance success. Getting enough sleep can help you reduce your ghrelin levels and make intermittent fasting a lot easier. You can't out-diet and exercise the negative hormonal effects of chronic stress and or sleep deprivation. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to share some really exciting news. I have been mulling over my next project for a few months now, and I've really been wanting to make something that's really easy to digest, bite-size, what's the most impactful thing that I could teach to help you start losing weight. And to my core, I believe that learning about macronutrients and learning how to calculate and track your macronutrients is the single most effective way to lose your first 15 pounds. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast have never worked with me. They haven't done my program. They're kind of from the outside in. They're learning bits and pieces of it at a time. And I want to design a challenge. I'm designing a five-day challenge to help you learn how to calculate and track your macronutrients. And again, this is the single most important skill that you really need to master to lose your first 15 pounds and keep them off. So stay tuned, it's gonna be available in about a month. I just wanted to put it on your radar. Each week you can tune in and learn a little bit more about when it's gonna go live and how you can join. I'll talk to you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.